intended receiver on the play. Kickoff returned five yards. Number three on the return. Orlando will start the drive at the seven yard. That way, way down, because that is super loud. All right, so this is our 64th episode of Sports Goofs, and I'm joined here by Charles. Andrew will find his way back to the show at some point. He is traversing a very very dark forest and he'll he'll make it out, out of there very soon but charles how, how you doing man i'm good i'm good uh you know just uh recovering from the exhausting wrestling world which we'll get into later on in the show and mm. you know surviving another day of the quarantine pandemic trying to regrow my baby viking beard um you know because i gotta have fun with it Regardless of whether or not we're going to fully reopen or not, as the state of Florida, I I said let's let's give it a fair shot to looking like a little uh, addict. So we're going to have fun with this, and uh, I I kind of want my I want to shave my head, but I'm not ready for that commitment yet. I feel like uh, I feel like there's a very American History X vibe that I would give with the <laughs> facial hair and a shaved head. I've uh, I've done it already, man. It's it's grown back. It's it's basically and I, I got it's it's covering my my ears a little bit now, but. It's grown back uh, fairly nicely, and uh, well, if anybody is watching this right now, well, it's uh, you'll notice a stark difference in our layout, and that is because we are finally debuting our brand new system, brand new PC that is powering us in glorious 1080p, 60 frames per second. In the background is arena football road to glory which only released on the ps2 back in like 2007 because somebody wanted an arena football league video game and thus ea made it happen and it's there so um it's it's an interesting game and it's very bare bones from what i see there's not uh, even an audience, but I guess it's not as. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if that's a product of the game itself or the emulation. But either way, you can at least see the players <laughs> and the uh, the coaches and everything. Uh, I've never seen an arena football league game. I don't know if that's how things go down. And um, but it's there. It's in the background, and we'll just. Uh, it's the uh, I guess and I, I made a, a matchup that would have made Andrew proud the Orlando Predators facing off against the Florida Firecats what are we talking about? Uh, the, the greatest video game sport video game known to mankind Arena, Arena Football, Football League yep 
I just want to appreciate Francisco. Out of all the games he could have done for a relaunching and to glorious 1080p HD 4K, he chose a game that is probably low on the sports radar compared to John Elway Legends or whatever that game was by 2K <laughs> after they lost the licensing rights. Uh, was it um, Was it NFL? Or no, All Pro Football 2K8. That's what it was. All Pro oh, Football. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't even know if that even released on PC. Back. I'm not even sure. It probably didn't. And was it the um uh so there's that I, I was I was trying hard to find a CFL football game. I couldn't find one. But this is as close as I got Arena Football and I I I wavered on whether I wanted to do this game or a Nintendo 64 game being that it's our 64th episode. But uh, yeah, I know. Keep going with that. I, I I didn't have the emulator up and running on my computer by then, so I just went arena football. Let's do it. Uh, uh, okay. A, a, but either way, it's there. It's very very rare. Uh, we're we're, um, yeah, man. This has been quite a revelation. We've done a few baseball broadcasts. Uh, on the top right of the screen, there you see. Uh, something new, and it's uh, thanks to Andrew that we're going to do another broadcast tomorrow. Uh, baseball simulation, on, uh, on, uh, although it's not Major League Baseball, it is college baseball. Because there were two college baseball video games released back in 06 and 07. And so we'll, we'll recreate some College World Series here. Oregon State versus North Carolina. And Andrew is already gearing up for that one. So that's that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be different. Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I've always wanted to be kind of a sports broadcaster, so this will be kind of probably the closest I'll ever get to it. <laughs> well, it's fun. It's fun. Our our, uh, our our major league baseball broadcasts have already gotten to six thousand views now. So collectively, so that's it's it's going well, and the Japanese seem to love it. And I'm not going to question Japanese. All right. They, yeah. They, why would you? Yeah. They they make our they make our our best stuff. So, um, all right. I don't know where to go from here with regards to the show. Well, Somebody hit me. We're not going to change segments because I don't have the graphics ready for it. So. Well, if you talk about Japanese Korean baseball league, did that start up? Yeah. We, well, or we talked like about that yesterday. Guy. I think Dan Straley, a former. Marlins pitcher had like a 10 strikeout game or something like that. Pitched pretty well. Um, I have no idea what's going down there. But yeah, it started up. Uh, the NFL released their schedule for next season. Uh, so now we all know who's facing who at what time and what place. And uh, we'll see if they make the, if that actually does happen this year. So uh, as far as that, when we could talk about that. So uh, Charles, any uh, as far as your Titans are concerned, any any sort of like uh, good or bad for you it's, uh, beginning of the season, depending on your opponents. All right. Well, it, it goes down to this. I hate predicting schedules because you're taking everything at face value, right? Mm. But. Having looked at the schedule and said, if everybody stays healthy, the main players, and nothing crazy go happen happens, you know, I can see nine and seven 
or eight and eight. There's some analysts who are saying ten and six, and it makes sense because we're retaining a lot of the same guys. The ones that we lost was Jarrell Casey, Delaney Walker. Mind you, Delaney Walker was injured, and we let some other guys go. But Jarrell Casey hurts out. But, but looking at the schedule, we open the season against the Broncos, the new-look Broncos. I think we'll be okay with that. We can win that. The Jaguars, even with Minshew mania, and yes, even though Minshew beat us last year <laughs> one game, the Jaguars are just in very much complete tank rebuild mode. You might not even have Leonard Fournette on the team at that point because they're trying to swing him out because they don't want to play him through, I guess. you know They'll tell you one thing, but we know it's not really that crazy. I'm not necessarily freaked out by them signing a old busted Tyler Eifert to a one-year deal as their tight end, or LaVisha Chanel, or whatever, however you say his name, because every rookie wideout needs to take some steps. I can see us win there. The Vikings, it depends. We don't have the big guy in the middle, so Dalvin Cook might run down our throats. There's no Stefan Diggs, though, so maybe that changes the whole you know, game itself because you're asking Justin Jefferson to do a lot that he may or may not do. I'm excited for the Steelers-Titans game that's happening October 4th because I think we win that one. I think it's the end of the Steelers' road, even though they went, what, 8-8 eight eight or 9-7 and seven last year. It was competitive between mm-hmm. us because they were trying to get into it. But even if Big Ben is healthy, I mean, that team itself, Juju Smith-Schuster did not portray himself as a true number one receiver he had a very down year of injuries and there was nobody else that could help him out you know james washington and Deion johnson they weren't helping him out um james connor did not look the part on defense yeah they have tj watt who is an animal um i think bud dupree's still there so he's gonna help get some sacks by I-, I would like to beat them it'll feel good Bills tied in. My buddy's a Bills fan. We play each other like every year, it seems like, and I think that's very important for at least a wild card spot because for the AFC North, everything is up for grabs, I would say, um, in that division. Or I'm sorry, AFC South, everything's up for grabs in the division. I'm looking at the Steelers' schedule as well. But uh, yeah, the Bills have something to prove because they want to throw on the Patriots. We have something to prove because we're sick of being the wild card team who goes far. Mind you, at this point, it doesn't even matter about seeding because if you're only going to give a bye to, or not seeding, but to like conference uh, or division championships, none of it matters anymore because you're only giving buys to number ones on both the AFC and NFC. So what's the whole point, right, of AFC South, AFC North champions and all that stuff? Yeah, you can sell the merchandise, but now it's kind of silly because there's not even the sense of getting additional buy, but that's a different story for a different day. Us versus the Texans, I'm, we'll probably lose one against them. We're playing both of them, but uh you know, Deshaun Watson will still work some magic or there'll be some tomfoolery, but that team is kind of, let's just say this, they're not neuter, but they got one ball hanging, right? Because you lost, you got the options. Um, you might be able to produce, but you ain't, you ain't a dangerous cat anymore. <laughs> Because you lost DeAndre Hopkins, who is the heavy testicle, and you're left with a combination of David Johnson's busted self, Kenny Stills, who's oh, probably going to get traded to the Green Bay Packers. So you lose part of that right there. Um, you, you, you basically only have uh, Brandon Cooks, who, if healthy, is probably going to get you 900 to 1,000 yards, sure, but he's just been kind of, those concussions are very serious, man, and you don't really have anybody down the line tight end, and then Will uh, Will Fuller's always injured, so it's, like I said, one nut going, right, and who knows what happens, plus Bill O'Brien's a nut himself as a GM. Us versus the Bengals, I would love to break the heart of Joe Burrow, but we have a propensity of, like, losing those interesting games. Then we're going against the Bears, then we have the Colts. I think we'll split it. You know, 
you don't really sweep the division. The only team that has swept the division for so long to me was the Patriots. Uh, even the uh, even the Chiefs lost a couple of games against some division rivals. Highlight game. There's three highlight games. I know I'm kind of going down the schedule, but that's also because mm-hmm. I'm being objective here. I mean, I'm trying um, to Raven, post the uh, NFL's graphic for it. They have a pretty good one uh, that shows basically all of them. But uh, Well, it's revenge game November 22nd against us and the Ravens, and I can see them flexing that game in mm-hmm. case there's a a playoff spot that's in contention. Remember, we, we broke Lamar Jackson's field good story. Everybody crowned the Ravens last year as being the team to beat. Um, our, to quote Delaney Walker, if you want to crown them, crown them, but you still got to play football. We did that with the Browns, and we whooped them, and then we whooped the Ravens. So it's good. That means we're going to get destroyed mercilessly. I don't envision us winning that time because sometimes a good offensive coordinator and a coach adapts from a team that they lost to, and that's what the Ravens are going to do with Greg Roman and John Harbaugh. Um, learning from their mistakes and opening up a little bit, and then we have the Browns. I love beating the Browns every chance we get. A, every chance we get, especially now, everybody's like, "Oh, what a fantastic draft and free agency!" Well, congratulations, you're the Super Bowl team of April every year. Mm-hmm. You're the Super Bowl champion, but you know, I just kind of like want to punch you in the face because I just don't like that organization. They infuriate me because of how incompetent they are. I feel bad for a fan base who has loyally given money to those people and Jimmy Haslam and that whole disorganized organization and they waste talent and they're, they're a loss of affair. And then the very interesting final game of the season, us or not final game of the season, but we get the Lions and we get the Packers um, for that division. I, I don't necessarily remember playing the Lions. I know we played the Packers a couple years back when we heard them, but the Lions, they're kind of an in-the-way team. I think we'll beat them, but you never know. They got DeAndre Swift, so that's a nice little pickup for them. Is Matt Stafford healthy? The Packers, here's the thing. That's that's December 27th. It's an 8 o'clock game. Depending how that season goes, is it Aaron Rodgers who's starting, or are we just going to have Jordan Love? Oh, out? man. So, oh, boy. I kind of love that whole little storyline drama, even though I thought the Packers really just effed up on their draft, um, going for Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon and then not bringing anybody. I mean, granted, if uh, Brian Gunkist is going to trade for a wide receiver, now's the time. Um, so they can at least learn the system in quarantine. And then we have the Texans to close out in the final game. So all that effectively, 9-7. and seven. But who knows, because we can lose Ryan Tannehill in the first game of the week, and then it's just Logan Woodside for the rest of the season. And then you'll be seeing my backside going elsewhere because I can't watch that man. Um, yeah. That was like my one complaint is getting a... And here, here's the idea of, well, why would you need a veteran QB if you have a guy who's been in your system for so long? Because Logan Woodside's been one full year as learning behind us after uh, Tannehill and Mariota, and it's quite simple. It's just reliability. You know what you're getting there, right? It's old faithful in a way when you have that veteran QB just to kind of bridge the gap for a couple wins. It's the Jeff Garcia effect like he did in Philly or in the fast food world. It's McDonald's. You don't really want to eat it, but two McChickens and small fries goes a long way if you're hungry. And the options are kind of out there. I was reading some stuff like if Cam Newton wants to take a backup job and reprove himself in case of injury and he's willing to take a minimal contract for a year, hey, swing by Nashville. I have no qualms because now our options are either him if something happened to Tannehill or Joe Flacco. And Flacco had neck surgery, and that's always dangerous in and of itself. That's career-changing. 
Um, uh, that's why I forced the uh, Colts to get rid of uh, Peyton Manning. But exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that was when Manning was still kind of good, and then his neck went out. Joe Flacco was atrocious, partially because the Broncos had a bad D line or O line, and that well, D line was kind of trash too. I don't care. Von Miller's great, but nobody else was building up on that. Um, and then. It, it, they were kind of stunted with the uh, Scarinella as their offensive coordinator. Now they got Pat Schumer, um, but that that was just from the basic of things. I, I saw that they were the NFL was definitely even if there was quarantine, they were definitely doing something to the fan bases by saying, "Hey, we know you might not be able to go see these games, but we're going to broadcast all these highlight games coming in." Yeah. I think Drew Brees, Drew Brees and the Chiefs play. I know they're doing. Um, I mean, let's let's take a look at it here. So I've got week one here, uh, J- uh, Jets, Bills, uh, the Texans and the Chiefs. So uh, Texas will have to relive their nightmare. So that's great for week one. Everybody will love that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Tampa Bay facing off against the New Orleans Saints. So two old men facing week off. One. You want to talk about... But hey, you know, come see football, even if there might not be an audience there. Watch it for Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. So the Dolphins facing the Patriots. Patriots first game without um, Tom Brady in a long, long time. That's going to be interesting. They still, people, I think Vegas still has the Patriots winning their division. Uh, although some people, uh, I was, anyway, did Freddie predict uh, the bills to win the division i would assume so i think he did and he the thing is is that that afc east is just so all the other teams even though the bills went 10 and 6 and miami went went, like 5 and 11 and then the uh, jets went 4 and 12 it is so easy to regress because the patriots if anything still have that dominant defense so this year the the afc east is getting paired up against uh, well, the NFC West and the AFC West, along with some, you know, the, the usual one South, one North team. So, yeah. I mean, the Bills have, let's see, their schedule is, yes, the Jets to start off. So that's that's a victory. They're at Miami. We'll see how the Dolphins do. If Tua is the starter by then, who knows? Uh, but that's that's probably still a victory for them. Uh, the L.A. Rams, who I don't know if they're – I mean, would they have a bounce-back season? How much faith do you less? have in – how much faith do you have in your guy Cam Akers? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's Florida State's highlight right there for yeah. their draft. They got somebody who is not just picked in the third round. And listen, third round for a running back is essentially first-round talent. Right. Sometimes it's just about need and everybody else that's out there. It's all speculation half the time. But um, he's gonna get a lot of touches, and I don't I don't remember much about him because the two years that he was there, it was a very bad team anyway. So you guys were playing behind a lot. I like I know he's got some fresh legs on him, so that's like a benefit towards it. But the same thing with DJ Dallas going to Seattle. I'm like, why? Why even bother? Guy couldn't really push it through. Plus, they took Travis Homer last year. Let him do his thing. All right, and then let's see. They've got – so then the Bills face the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're facing – Still not used to that. Yeah, yeah I know. It, I have to the L- before I say LBRs. It. Yeah. Uh, then they're at Tennessee. So yeah. 
Then the Kansas City, which is a loss. That's a loss right there. Then the Jets again. That's probably a victory. Then the Patriots. And that's in week eight. We don't even know what's going to happen by then. The Patriots could either be okay or or just awful. So who knows? So they might, let they me, might be in let me add. Let me ask you guys this, though, not to interrupt it, but to correlate it, because I, I think there's three teams that you're going to want to watch this season if you're not a football fan or if you're a fan to a diehard team that's not your team, right? One of them is obviously the New England Patriots. The other one is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the other one is the Las Vegas Raiders. So if this Patriots team, they lost some guys on defense, they lost Tom Brady, but it's not as if they were that excellent on offense last year to begin with. And the idea is, yes, Jared Stidham might be a below-average quarterback. We don't know anything about the guy. I remember when he played in college, but we don't know how he would be in the pros. He only threw, like, three passes in the in the league um, last year as a rookie. But if they kept all their pieces or most of their pieces on defense, which um, Stephon Gilmore still there, J.C. Johnson still there, or is it J.C. Jackson still there? They have a beast set of cornerbacks and safeties. And Sony Michelle's still out there running the rock. Hopefully, he has a bounce back year. And then you get something out in Keel Harry, and Julian Edelman doesn't drop balls uh, because he is literally a catching god these days. Hmm. And then, yeah, you don't have a tight end, but I think they're smart enough to adapt their playbook to be something more than just receiving tight ends. And you're hoping that Mohamed Sanu um, does something. So, as long as Stidham can be held up by that offensive line, which they have because they brought back some dudes like Joe Thunny. As long as he doesn't do the pressure throws that a lot of inexperienced players get, wouldn't we want to be more attached to the New England Patriots and watch their schedule? I would assume that Bill Belichick is going to create an offense where he doesn't have, where he doesn't put that guy in that position to do that. Yeah. Um, and I guess going by Tom Brady's last few seasons, uh, not of course he, he's gotten older he, uh, and all that type of stuff, so. Uh, they've also tailored their offense towards that anyways. So it might just be like an average, like Tom Brady is an average quarterback, so you can just stick an average quarterback into the system and it'll still run the way it ran before. And I guess that's the hope for them at this point. I can dig it. Yeah. Um, Let's see, what's some other notables here for week one? Uh, It's the Titans, Broncos, Cowboys, and Rams. Uh, Steelers and Giants. All right. Yeah. Week two, got the Bengals and the Browns, Giants and Bears, Falcons and Cowboys. See if the Falcons bounce back. Uh, Panthers and Buccaneers, 49ers and Jets, da, 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 Jaguars, Titans, Bills, Dolphins, uh, Vikings and Colts, uh, Chiefs and Chargers, the Patriots are in Seattle. That's the... Uh, Night game, Sunday night football. And Monday night is New Orleans versus Las Vegas. So we'll see if the Raiders embarrass themselves in front of a national audience. And don't you kind of want them to, right? Yeah, Just because I think we they're all do. out of the state. I think America needs that. <laughs> it's like, you know, everything's going to be okay in the end. If the Raiders. Yeah, it's like last suck. year. This, last year, the scapegoats were the Browns. So yeah. this year's just gonna be the Raiders, and you, you know he Gruden doesn't help himself at all, so it makes it easy. Yeah, yeah. As far as the Dolphins are concerned, uh, 
I don't know. I, I still don't see them unless by some miracle they've uh, they've uh, they got something in Tua as a quarterback. I, I still see like I would say like a six seven games that they could win here. That's not bad. It's not a, that's a, that's an improvement. It's uh, it's progress. It, it's progress it just towards depends. The goal. Yeah, it depends on what you're trying things. to accomplish. I think, well, that's what I would, I don't expect them to just suddenly be a playoff team. Uh, I guess at best, uh, if they can turn around, if they can make some, if they have some upsets, turn around some games, fringe wildcard team, fringe. But I still see about six, seven wins, possibly. Um, of course, now there's an uneven amount of games, so that's that's gonna be different. But. Are we still gonna feel used to that? Was it 17 games now this season? Mm. I don't know. It is what it is. The NFL needs its money. Yeah. Um. Other than that, it's, schedule's a schedule. Speculation. It's hard to talk about it. Really, it's just like, oh, now there's. Now we know what's going to happen possibly in the future. Who knows if these games even get played, but whatever. Well, let's talk about in the way that we can talk about it, right? Is there a game that you would want, you know, assuming all things perfect, we can at least go back to crowds and stuff like that. What is the game you said, Charles, if I had extra money and government keep throwing us some stimulus checks so we can use it in this effect, what is that schedule that circled on or that game that is circled on your calendar that you want to pay money to see live, if you even like going to live events. Well, let's see. Uh, I'm basically just pinpointing the Kansas City Chiefs because they're the defending champions. Uh, they do because uh, look at this. They have they face the the Buccaneers, so they also face the Saints. So that's already two matchups of um, of. Uh, that's some star power right there. Yeah, exactly, with the, the quarterbacks there, especially because that Buccaneers matchup is in Week 12, and we'll see whether this experiment in Tampa actually works. Uh, or it could be a, a horrendous mess, and, and that still might be fun to watch. You know, oh, have, trust have, me. Uh, Tom I Brady, would love. As we, as we see Tom Brady go the way of Willie Mays in the, with the New York Mets. I mean, don't you want to see him kind of crash and burn a little bit? And yes, I am drinking the Haterade. But there's a reason, because I only got to see Tom Brady really pout when he lost the Super Bowl game after a successful season. We don't know what malcontent Tom Brady looks like yeah. throughout the entire season. Tom we already Brady know on a losing team. Oh, and we already know that we're going to get that with Aaron Rodgers. So it's like chef's kiss, because it's like both hands of, of discontent. Like you're going to have the type of guy that would try and get a coach fired, you know, because oh, yeah. he, he, he certainly couldn't do it in New England. He's uh, yeah. I mean, that that's part that's partially the reason that he left because uh, Belichick was going to stay either way. Brady's Brady's at the end of his rope here. So there's he has no influence there. But in Tampa. You know, he could be like, look, this is a very short experiment, and we have a short window. I need a coach that can get me to the promised land and get you guys to the promised land. So, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I mean, 
all the stars have that little diva in them, and Brady definitely has that diva in them. The Patriots just kept it pretty well hidden, you know? He has no personal spiritualist or whatever the heck he has. You know? I I think what happens, too, is that this is a different narrative of Tom Brady leads the team. That's what you've seen the last couple years in New England. Now it's really like Tom Brady's just in addition to the team because no matter what, that team was always going to be there with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin kind of leading the way on offense, a very strong-built team. And now you get Gronk, and I understand that, yeah, we got Brady, but you got Brady, too, because Jameis kind of – disappointed and dropped the ball. Yeah. Listen, I'm just saying it right now. If you had Jared Stidham in Tampa, I think you probably got a very competitive team right there just because of yeah. who you're supporting that cast of characters with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh that's I mean, that's what that's why the Buccaneers are taking this gamble. Let's let's just see if the greatest quarterback of the last generation can make this team work even though it's the greatest quarterback of the last generation at the end of his career. So, so I I know this is terrible, and I never really want to wish injury on anybody, right, or something. But can we get the circumstances of when the Bucks and the Saints play one more time, but this time Drew Brees is injured for whatever reason, like he has a hangnail, so we get Jameis versus Tom oh, man. and the Saints versus the Bucks because that's the football gods putting everything into place for you. That'd be fun. I mean, they've... Uh, when is their second match? I mean, the first matchup we know, but when's their second matchup? I believe it's in November, because I was looking at those tickets to go, because I went mm. last year to Raymond James Stadium, and that's when there was no one that was there when they played the Saints. Yeah, November eighth, uh, Sunday Night Football. It, 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 that's that's injury season. Maybe you know, maybe it can happen. Um, uh, so that's. What week is that? That's week nine. So week nine. And the Buccaneers bye week isn't until week 13. So they... Yeah, oh, that is that is very far away for them. Sheesh. Week 13 for them to get their bye week. But all right. In fact, they're, they're, they're one of the last teams to get a bye week. Who pissed in their boots, right, in that schedule making? Yeah, especially, yeah. Because New Orleans, their bye week is in week six. Complete opposite here. I'd be All a little right. bit frustrated. So, well, we're a half hour in here. I don't know how much more we can talk about the schedule. Uh, the only thing I would say is not the schedule, but Monday night. Football once again changing their uh, announcing team. That's no true. longer going to be Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland. And mm-hmm. I thought Tessitore and Booger McFarland were better than Sean McDonough and whoever they had prior. But I think we all want Mike Tirico. In our hearts, we want Mike Tirico, but it's not going to happen. I like Joe Tessitore. I think he has a very sports broadcast radio voice. Booger McFarland, you could take or leave it. You know, there's not a lot of personality in there, and sometimes that doesn't happen. I don't know who you put in there. I've seen Twitter feeds say Dan Orlovsky and a couple other guys, and I'm just like, eh, eh. You know, just uh, just give me an analyst, someone who actually played the game. Maybe give me a personal coach and give me a, a middleman, and we're good. Yeah, we don't need uh, ESPN to to ESPN it up at this point. <laughs> trying to. And by, by that, I mean, you know, going for, like, the TMZ type of crowd, looking for more sports drama and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we don't have to go to the extreme of getting Dennis Miller in there either. So. No. Oh my God. Although, uh, some people have said it'd be funny to see comedians like uh, Bill Burr. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's oh, especially yeah. funny. Uh, just to hear him riff on a game, uh, but just uh, as a separate bo- broadcast that you could pay for or whatever, just on a Patreon account or something. I have no idea. That uh, that would be pretty fun, but not. But that's only for a certain crowd, you know. But uh, all right, well, that's the NFL. Hmm, where do we go from here? AHL canceled their season, so that happened. There's not much else I can talk to about that. NHL is still trying to figure out what the heck they're trying to do here. Do you um, see that if the AHL canceling its season, would that have a kind of trickle-down effect to the other sports organizations, or is it because so, of the fact that it's so small time? Well, as far as the NHL is concerned for hockey, um, I don't think it'll affect the NHL's operations. Um I, the one proposal that I have heard being discussed is that the NHL would restart possibly around like uh, either late June or July, kind of where baseball is trying to um, restart up. And rather than doing a, a complete resumption of the season or just going straight, jumping straight into the playoffs, they're trying to... Uh, one of the proposals is all right. I think like the either the, the six worst teams or what have you, or or the seven worst teams really because it's thirty one teams. Those teams will just not play. Mm. So basically, they're just not going to play wherever they are uh, with regards to the draft lottery. That's where they are. You know, they had no chance. Why have them play games that are essentially meaningless? Even though, you know they they would be meaningful against a team that's trying to make the playoffs or even for them, for teams that are trying to tank. Uh, and then the other 24 teams would try to resume like a shortened season. They'll have uh, at the very least a training camp to get started up again uh, with regards to the players uh, getting reconditioned to, to hockey. And because the NHL still hasn't opened up their practice facilities. So, uh, players have to kind of find a way to skate on their own, which is basically just strapping on some rollerblades and trying to figure out where they can skate. Um, and and then go from there, and that would be the the um, that would be the season. And and the the other proposal I heard was, uh, all right, so we'll have those twenty four teams. I think like the top four teams in each conference will automatically uh, get to uh, will automatically um, make the playoffs and then the next four seeds will be determined by uh, a tournament of some sort or a series of games between those remaining teams and whoever comes out with the best records from that will fill up the, the, the last four spots in each in each conference, and that would be the playoffs right there. And then they just start the playoffs, which I mm. guess is sort of fair. And uh, I don't mind the proposal. I, uh, I think it's okay for what it is. 
honestly, I think they should just jump right into the playoffs just for time's sake because uh, and we, we, we're talking about this season, 2020. What's what's the plan for next season? Because usually the NHL and, and the NBA, they start around – like NHL is usually around early October and, and, the, and the NBA is around late, late October or, or early November. So how are they going to do this? I would assume they would want to finish their playoffs within like a month or, or a month and a half and then have a break for those players, even though they've had a break now, and then see how they're going to start up the next season. But maybe that's not their concern at this point. Maybe they'll just even shorten the 2020-2021 season for, for both the NBA and NHL. And that's that's a possibility too. Um, so that's that's the stuff heading into next year. Um, and well, I guess we could kind of segue this into uh, one of the things we're going to discuss with regards to how this is going to affect players that are at the end of their rope uh, with regards to their career. So we had mentioned on our Facebook chat um, a guy like Vince Carter, who's hasn't officially announced that he would retire at the end of the season but how old is he now it's like 40 he's gotta be in his 40s now right like 41 yeah something like that so it's it's getting hard to see him going into another season maybe if it's a shortened 2020 2021 season he can play one last season maybe have a farewell tour of some sort Plus, does uh, his role even matter, though? And I, I know that sounds kind of harsh to I say. I mean, look at the team he's on. Yeah, it's, it was it's a lot. The, the Atlanta Hawks, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's mainly on the Hawks just as a teacher, as a, as a teacher of the game at this point. That's kind of where his career's kind of come down to. So I, I could see a team... Maybe even the Hawks, just like, oh, let's give this one more go round. Uh, you know, they could sell tickets to that too. Hey, see Vince Carter one last time. I don't see the Raptors re-signing him, to be honest. But uh, just even for like a farewell season of some sort, because he just would be coming off the bench. And but who knows? Um, uh, there's a there's a fantastic beef history video on SB Nation about Vince Carter and how <laughs> uh, Toronto and him. Uh, the city itself just or even the nation of Canada uh, hated each other it was and then finally have uh, healed those wounds from way back when and and now it's all good between uh, Vince Carter and, and Canada so I, I wouldn't mind seeing that but I find it very difficult to see a guy like that continue on Joe Thornton's another guy San Jose Sharks uh, he could have gone to a contender uh, at this this uh, last trade deadline for the NHL just to see if he can give it one last go-around, but he decided to stay in San Jose, even though they have no no chance of, of making the playoffs this year. I, I mean, the guy, he looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick's dad. <laughs> I'm trying to describe that to you, 
uh, Charles. But uh, Andrew, would you say that's a, a fair comparison? Yeah, it's pretty fair. Yeah, let it me looks like... check out Joe Thornton. Uh, 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 ooh, I can uh yeah, I, I I can see it. I can see it. Oh, you got him on there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking on my phone. All right, so I mean, it's it's hard okay, for me to terrible. see that guy play another season. But him he without could, the beard makes him look like John Elway. Him. Well, what's his primary position in the limited He's knowledge? Defenseman. Okay, I mean, you don't think at that I think age, he's a defenseman, right? No, no. No, I think he's a winger. Yeah, he's a winger. Um, okay. But he's um. It, let's see how long he's he was drafted back in nineteen ninety seven. He's he's forty one, or he's gonna be forty one, and and I don't know what team would want him at this point. The Sharks need to rebuild. I think it's time finally for them to rebuild. Um, they've they've had this core for so long that it's, and they they missed their window. They they had it. They had a very large window, a very long one. They got to one Stanley Cup final, but they just couldn't win it. So, I don't see how Thornton's gonna make it another season. The Sharks really do need to rebuild, and maybe they rebuild with him on the lineup and just has a, once again a, a teaching sort of position but uh it's hard to say whether they're gonna bring him back or not he's he's on a year-by-year basis at this point uh, maybe once so again does maybe a, a veteran... short... what happened i'm sorry go ahead because i was just gonna expand on him a little bit in a question i was saying like maybe a shortened 2020 2021 season he could come back for that and the sharks can kind of roll the dice one more time to see maybe they get lucky there but uh, it's hard to see him go one more uh, season. So the question I have for hockey, for someone who's been around that long, does re-signing a veteran allow that kind of valuableness that you get in the NBA? Now, mind you, the whole purpose of a vet on an NBA team like a Vince Carter, for all intents and purposes, is the mentoring and making sure the young guys don't lose their composure when in the middle of a funk or if they're losing in the quarter or they're just in the midst of a losing season. Because for me, all hockey players kind of play till they're old. Because I think about Yaramir and Jaeger, and you know he was kind of outstanding a little bit even in his older age. So I don't know that dynamic if you have Joe Thornton, who is um, in his 40s, coming into it and what how it's different from him being a vet that's signed because you don't really see a lot of it in baseball. It's such a small roster. It's important in football. Forget about it. You, you play a certain position that's past the age of 29 and you're out. Only kickers last that long. Yeah. Only kickers on or unless you're a quarterback, right? Yeah. It's interesting. You have what four quarterbacks that are old, but it's because they're winning and then they got rid of rivers over in LA because they weren't winning. And that's the thing with San Jose. The sharks aren't winning anymore. The window is shut. They need to rebuild. They're, they signed um, Eric Carlson, believing he would be one of the best defensemen. It might be a bad signing at this point. Uh, they got Evander Kane. He's been a good signing. Uh, bring, they traded for him. They brought him in. Uh, but the Sharks team needs a new direction. And it may not be a full-on rebuild. I mean, it, might, it might just be a... All right, get rid of some of these pieces. Joe Thornton, you're you're taking up a spot in the lineup. 
Uh, I don't know if he's as good. You can have him as a fourth line winger. Sure. But would it be better to have somebody that might be a little more durable on the fourth line? Uh, a little younger as, as well and and a little a, a little quicker. Because that's the other thing, man. Because that's, that's a huge thing about the NHL now. You need speed. So uh, Thornton's the thing about The thing yeah. about Thornton is that even though he plays a wing position, mm-hmm. which uh, – but he, he used to be – Quick, or at least mm-hmm. quick enough, but uh, for all intents and purposes, he is a slowpoke now, even by defenseman standards. So he's not really equipped speed-wise for his position anymore. That's why I thought he was a defenseman in it for a second, oh, yeah. or forgot that he was a winger because he's just really. Well, he's a slow. center, but still, either way, he's um, it, the the point still matters that you're making. He's he's up there in age. So yeah, I I don't yeah because I, I I yeah I thought he was a winger too and then I saw here on Hockey Reference he's been a center, um, but it's it's gonna be tough. And then there's the other guy. Well, he's not gonna retire anytime soon. That's Albert Pujols. <laughs> nope, that man is not gonna retire. And that's where baseball is kind of weird because they engineer their contracts to just basically have this old man on a young team dilemma. Mm-hmm. You know, these it's going to be something that's going to happen six years from now when you have the Mike Trouts and the Manny Machados and the Bryce Harpers. Carlos you know, Stanton going, and the Yankees have fun with that. And Carlos Stanton. Well, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think he's going to be on the team that long. But uh, there's remember in baseball, there's always a sucker. There's always a sucker for a trade, for anything else. All you got to do is toss in some prospects, the benefits of not really having a salary cap, even though they call the luxury tax. That, I say, not so much. But, you know, Pujols in this position, he's a DH. If if for some reason in this season happens with the 82-game proposal that I've been seeing and he knocks out 10 to 15 home runs, some people would say that's a contribution and that's a a good idea to keep these guys. Um, baseball players, you might lose the arm if you're in the outfield, but if you could transition into the DH position and there'll be a lot more older players, I feel going into the MLB, if they, if the NL just designated hitters, man, you know, just put that position in there. Um, you would have, you would definitely have one balance for me, you know, for being, you know, a fan of the style of having a DH and then two, just a lot of those, Older players are in there, but he would be going, assumingly, um, probably a few pitchers going out there too. I, I think Pujols, I don't want to say he's the oldest player, but he's like the oldest one I think of that's actually notable right. in the back of my mind. So, I'm sure Yadier Molina's up there. Yeah, he's 40 years old now. So he's 40. And I'm trying to look at his uh, his contract here. I think there's still See, two years, man, on it. So yeah, okay. So yeah, he's his last season will be 2021. He's gonna get paid 30 million dollars. Wow. Um, and I, I would assume he would want his farewell tour, so he's gonna stay for that one. Yeah, and you know what? For somebody like that, you kind of do it, even though he's been a ghost of the past. 
mm-hmm. or shell the past, whatever phrase it is. It's just he was the guy who kind of lived out his contract. And here's the thing about baseball, too. We know once you sign out those 10 years, you're never going to really fulfill it. Mike Trout, right. as great as he is, and you guys have heard me kind of like gush over him th- you know, two years ago. He's We already know that back nine is going to be tragic the same way. I'm looking at some of the oldest players yet in the MLB um, going on. I don't even know. This article is probably current because, of course, MLB.com I mean, doesn't update anything. This is pretty cool that uh, Baseball Reference has um, – um, they have a simulation of, on Out of the Park uh, 2021, which is a mm-hmm. uh, baseball management uh video game and so right now if the season had been played they would have they projected pull holes to have played 35 games and okay um had 24 hits hitting 220 which is not good only no. one home run and only driven in nine runs so yikes yeah, this <laughs> uh, to this point in the season or to the whole. To so this point in the season, he would have played thirty-five games, and they projected him to have a two-twenty batting average Yeesh. and a, a three-twenty on-base percentage, a two-eighty-four slugging. Like he is, he's not even an average player anymore. And his speed is completely gone. There's a fantastic video by Foolish Baseball, just mm-hmm. about how slow and unathletic Albert Pujols is. So if it, it makes it, it's it's sad to see really cuz this is this guy was one of the best players of uh, up to what 2011 like the of that past decade in the 20 to 2000s 2000 through 2011 and yeah. this has happened to him but he's going to play out that last season I'm sure the Angels uh, after signing Rendon, especially, are looking towards actually being competitive and just they'll have his farewell tour in uh, in 2021, and just they'll they'll finally be free of his contract. Really, it'll be freeing for the Angels of of all teams. But yeah, that man is going to play it out, and the Angels they suffered. I think they've only made one playoff appearance since they gave him this contract. So it, yeah, it didn't. didn't I wonder if they regret time. that decision. I they regret the amount of years, like his. Let's see. So his. Let's just say he made the All Star team in 2015. So I don't even know how that happened. Because uh, he had 244. Uh, he might have been. Voted in. I have no idea. And the Angels host an all-star game around that time, possibly. Anyways, um, he's he's played 99 games in 2013. He only played 131 last season, and he's a DH now at this point. So that's not even good. Uh, 117 games in 2018. He's had surgery on his foot a few times now. It's it's getting bad. It's it's not it's not getting any better, but uh, yeah, the Angels. I would say. I mean, those first up till I guess uh, twenty sixteen, it might have been worth it. 
because he hit 31 in 2016, 31 home runs. But and he's he had on average 29 home runs, hit 266, which isn't bad for a power hitter. Drove in 98 runs. That's not too shabby, especially when you have Mike Trout in the lineup too. But these last few seasons, oh boy, they have not been good. So uh, I think if they had paid him for, if they had offered him a five-year contract, maybe even the same amount that they're paying him now, 25 mil, 30 mil, it would have been worth it. And then he would have left Anaheim and, I don't know, I don't know, got to Tampa or something. <laughs> I have no, For some reason, older players like that end up in Tampa for like their last season as a DH. Uh, Hideki Matsui did that. I don't know if y'all remember mm-hmm. that. Hideki Matsui played for the Rays at one point. He was yep. there for like 10 games, I think. Yeah, something like that. Manny, Ramir- Manny Ramirez. Johnny Damon went the same way too. Yeah, Johnny Damon. So somehow yeah, they find a way to end up in Tampa, which I think happens to everybody, really. Somehow we all find ourselves in Tampa one day. It's just like, why are we here? How did we get here? Because it's the Hotel California. <laughs> um, all right. So that's our old player talk any old players you guys think may not make it other than those that we've mentioned oh i mean one is just kind of by default but it's an nfl one that we haven't given demarius thomas i don't even know if he's still on the jets i know he was on the jets last year um you gotta remember this guy was just like peak animal for a couple years with the denver broncos had that highlight play with Tim Tebow and the catch for the touchdown, won a Super Bowl ring with Manning there, even though Manning didn't really do anything in that Super Bowl. Uh, uh, one of the better guys, and then he just kept getting injured, and he's going to go the way of most NFL quarterbacks, go, or not quarterbacks, wide receivers go mm-hmm. limping. But if you had to say like a person who's not kind of blackballed because of their age, it really, really, really feels like it's kind of like the last ride for Phillip Rivers. I was going to kind of say Drew Brees, but if they keep getting screwed over in the playoffs, I think Brees keeps coming back unless yeah. his body just breaks down. But Rivers, his contract's a one-year deal um, in Indianapolis for $25 million. It, it's one of those things where I think Chris Ballard is saying all or nothing this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, hey, we have some whiteouts that, if healthy, can do some work with T.Y. Hilton helping out too. Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, our offensive line's good. We just, they're attributing basically, they're basically saying, Philip, you sucked last year because that team that you're on sucked. And there's a hard argument against that. If you look at it prospectively, everybody was kind of yeah. injured. The offensive line was bad. Derwin James was out. I think Joey Bosa was out for a bit. What can you do? I mean, granted, though, Mike Williams and, um, Keen Allen were healthy, so that's the argument, you know, against Rivers on that sense. Like you had two premier guys. I mean, maybe Mike Williams isn't there yet, but Keenan Allen's definitely a top ten wide out and you still couldn't get going and you threw too many picks because sometimes there's that moxie. But listen, there's plenty of times where guys are gonna throw picks but you look at their body at work. But one year deal, I do not foresee him going further, especially if they come up short in the playoffs because it's just kinda not worth it i don't know exactly what chris ballard's vision of the future is for the colts because you also have to make a decision with jacoby Brissett. but that is the french thing and it could be one of those things without the hope that the colts think is that 
it's that same argument. Okay, that was just an outlier. Your team was bad. You had 23 touchdowns. You threw 20 picks. Uh, you're with a better team now. You'll get back to your 2018, 2017 numbers. You had 32 and 12 and 28 and 10, uh, which were are, are all those solid numbers and everything. That's, um, I mean, his completion rate was pretty much the same. He had 66%. So that's he's thirty eight. There might be might might be two seasons left in him. Oh, well, here's the counter argument. Average play. I would yeah, say. here's the counter argument to old quarterbacks. If they're getting a full year off, let's say the NFL season is just canceled because of CV, right? Mm. Your body's healed. You haven't taken a sack, and yeah, right. you, you know it's like coming back from an injury, but you've had longer time to heal. You know, during this quarantine, I haven't been able to deadlift or bench or do whatever. I'm just doing basic stuff. You know what that means? I might lose a little frame, but my shoulder loves me. So if I feel great from that, just putting up my teeny tiny weights, imagine how Philip Rivers probably feels knowing that he's not having 280-pound-plus men chasing yeah. after him with the sole purpose of decapitating him. Give well, somebody like that almost 18 months. That's – well, that's one argument, and that's another – I guess – um, for some sports, that's good, like the NFL. NHL is kind of in between there because, yeah, your your body's gonna heal from all those hits and everything, but, I mean, you need conditioning. You need to be. Those guys are on the ice pretty much every day, uh, to get the work in. Because I mean, ice skating is just, just all about rep. I mean, you walk every day, so yeah, your legs are accustomed to. But I mean, ice skating, you have to do it, of in some way or shape or form. In order to keep themselves um, uh, conditioned, so it's harder for guys like a like a Joe Thornton to get back up. It's like, oh man, and get re that's the reason Roberto Luongo retired. He's like, I can do it. He's like, he's like it wasn't that he couldn't do it? It's just it takes him so long just to prep for a game that it wasn't worth it in the end to keep going. I don't know how Joe Thornton feels. He might just be like, you know what? I'll just keep it going. Let's let's roll the dice one more time. I could see Philip Rivers. Uh, you know, he's got so many kids to feed, so I could see him doing one more season. You know, like nine, man. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but at, at the very least, he can afford it. So that's that's a good thing, all right? You know, you you do you, man. And we talked about it earlier but for the nba is so risky because we talk about vince carter let's talk about a real name lebron james you know if that mm. year comes out your body's not i mean granted the guy keeps himself in phenomenal shape at 35 he, yeah, he could probably LeBron. play till 45 but the window because if he goes you know that laker team can't really i'm gonna say right now it can't do much because you've seen what an anthony davis solely led team gets you with average coaching it gets you kind of in the playoffs been, and a couple years outside of it lebron has been lucky he hasn't had any sort of major injury that has like required a surge or anything like that to miss significant time the problem will be if if and when he does get that injury um and we don't know when that's going to happen or if it ever happens but i i feel like i mean if he but doesn't Kobe get got that it, injury, if he know, doesn't have an injury like that, I feel like he's going to go to 40. But okay. if he does, then it'll just be, I mean, uh, maybe, 
a 37 i have no idea it depends on how well, serious well, it is well let's but. jump on that because there was a lot of players who got to 40 and they end up just having their playing time just severely diminished tim duncan uh dirk nowitzki they they just disappeared they were coming in like 10 minutes a game lebron's not that guy like if he has a, and I mentioned the Kobe thing because not the comparison that they're on the Lakers, but Kobe had that Achilles injury and then the subsequent other injuries that came in, and then that final season when he knew it was out, it was they were on that time management and you're on a losing team. I don't even think LeBron kind of wants to go that way itself. Time management for health is different versus time management of just appeasing an ego and letting the new talent come in, mm. and. He has that, the ball, all puns intended, the ball is in his court of how he wants to direct his finale, his career. And he might not be in the finale because the way he's kept his body in shape has been very Tom Brady-esque, where there's been no major injuries and you've been able to perform at a high level. Is the cast of characters that he has around him great to the point where he wants to keep returning a rear? No, for two reasons. One, there's still a solid lack of depth on that team, and I understand that the Lakers at that point were like number two or number one. It's been a while since I've looked mm-hmm. at those standings, right? Yeah. Because it's all non-existent to me. But they were they were definitely a harbinger of war of all intents and purposes or force to be reckoned with. But there's no guarantee that be Anthony Davis because let's be real here. He has he's a unrestricted free agent. I don't know how they're going to do it with the contract signing if they end the season this year, if they're not going to do layovers. That's beyond my pay grade. But mm. assuming he's a he's just a free agent coming into it, um, he can go where the money is. He doesn't have to – you know, you can always build a contender at, what is he, 26, 27. You can always build time for him. He's now really entering the prime. And then you got to figure out what you want. The Eastern to Conference and make somebody uh, go over the top. You know? Yeah, he he could just fake out uh, Embiid, you know, Joel Embiid all the time. So you're good. And then Kyle Kuzma, you really don't know. He's more of a trade asset than a true third starter. Yeah. I mean, you kept him because you knew you wanted him around LeBron and Davis to kind of alleviate the stress on LeBron in the shooting aspect, but also just to have a guy if LeBron needs rest time because you're not going to rest all three of those guys. And that's the thing you got to understand about basketball. Basketball is that you know, if you don't, there's never a team that you're built that you can put all your starters on the bench at the same time, right? You know, especially in important games, you always need that infusion of certain guys who, if they're your number two or three score, at some point they might be your number one score because you're one or two are sitting on the bench, right? Um, all intents and purposes. So look, you'll have the guys who are, and I'll end it on this. There's gonna be players who are just old and they're faded out because the talent leaves them. And then you have the two who can kind of direct themselves and their careers. And I look at Philip Rivers, you know, the argument is 16 to 18 months of, you know, no body getting slacks and, you know, maybe he can maintain that strength and he can still slice and dice. So maybe he stays versus your Joe Thornton's who are going to be like, I aged out and I don't have the cardio for it anymore. And my legs are kind of stiff from being on ice for 20 plus years so maybe it's time to hang it up and then you have the other guys who are taking this year to contemplate their future because the window is closing in the next couple of years for them yeah yeah all right so we're 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 well at our halfway point here so let's do a word from our non-sponsors i don't have a graphic so just just trust my word on it that's what we're doing right now who wants to start I, I started last week, so I'll let you guys go. Yeah, I could start because I don't think I, I haven't attacked in a while, so I can jump on. Okay. Uh, for it, so, it, when you're trying to survive a quarantine, 
you know, everybody has their own kind of thing. And for me, it's kind of been eating, working out, trying to, and then the gaming, right? So, side note, I beat Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, you know, right. it, it was very fulfilling. It took like 51 hours. We already gave it that flair that we that it so rightfully deserved a couple weeks ago. But when you have these long games, gentlemen, they're just so exhausting sometimes in terms in terms of story and size and girth and everything like that. You can only take so much as a human being. Um, as much as I love the story of Aloy, sometimes I needed something a little bit simpler. Sometimes I need something that's not mind-numbingly dumb, but it's thumb-numbing and kills my fingers, but allows me to kind of slice and dice a little bit. So I was like, all right, we just finished Horizon. What do I want to jump into now? And the answer was pretty simple. It was there out of the other 11 games that I have to play still. It was right there. I went back to an old love, but in new, fresh form. I don't know how you guys feel about the Devil May Cry series, but I have Ooh. always loved okay. and hated that damn series because of my thumbs hurt. I don't like boo-boos. I'm old. I, I've already have a busted hand from the boxing for years. I broke my hand when I was 17. But I love the coolness, the style, the ability to kind of get my, my rank up into it. I, I loved 1, 2 was kind of disappointment, 3 was very hard. And Francisco, since you got your PS2 emulator, you can bring it up. But I've been playing Devil May Cry 5. Uh, it came out last year, March 2019. I bought it like that week, and you know it's just been on the shelf collecting dust. This one's kind of interesting. Um, about five or six missions in, so you start out with either human or demon hunter or devil hunter. So I went human first because in my brain I'm thinking that's the normal mode, and then they'll just advance because you know there's so many. There's Dante Must Die mode and all this other stuff. Yeah. But apparently human mode is easy, but. I'm kind of just farming for orbs so I can get all the new techniques. This one's interesting because now you're doing rotation cast with three different players. You have Nero, who's returning from the fourth one, who's more of a hillbilly now compared to how I remember him in Devil May Cry 4. Dante's around, but he's hiding because, you know, that's the problem. They don't give you full-out Dante anymore. You have to kind of earn it at some point. He's coming around, and you have a new character named V. Uh, three different kind of uh, playing types. Dante's a more of that old classic, you could do whatever you want, hack and slash, shoot your ebony and ivory, get your devil trigger going on. You got Nero who has like a devil breaker attachment so he can catch and bring people in. He has his uh, Sparta sword, now they rev up the engines. And then you have V who plays with familiars, so a big like panther and a, a like I don't want to call it a crow, but it's it's just like a raven kind of thing. So for, well, for long attacks and for medium attacks, and it's just nice, man. Like it's weird because I know the games are relatively <laughs> short, but then there's secret missions, and then here I am, like oh, I want to collect more orbs to do more um to do more styles and moves and have new new sticks coming into it. So there I am, oh, playing some replaying the missions on a lesser difficulty, getting stylish points on, so I just just make my guy a complete badass going forward. So I've done the first five missions or six missions on both the, the equivalent easy and normal mode, and now I'm just going to kind of make my guy OP. It's perfect for, like, kind of farming red orbs anyway because I've already played through that mission, so I'm not missing any kind of sense of sound and story. I just put on the headphones, listen to some music, or listen to the Dresden Files. We'll talk about those more maybe in the future. Surprise, surprise. Spoiler, spoiler. But the game's beautiful. It hurts my thumb because I'm button mashing, but then I'm like, okay, I don't want to hurt my thumb anymore, so let me teach myself how to strategically 
button mash, and it's just a it's just a damn good time. And sometimes you need that simplicity in gaming because at the end of the day, we're all animals. We just want to destroy things. So let me just hack and slash some demons that are invading my earth with familiar friends that I remember. I remember renting Devil May Cry at Blockbuster when I was 12 years old. So now that I can say I'm the fifth iteration, much better graphics and a better game engine. And now in my head, I'm like, damn, how many times am I going to replay this? Because people love their Bloodborns, people love their Dark Souls, people love everything's from software apparently, or they're going to love their Neos. And here I am, like, let me just go for a rock and roll good time. Like I just drank a Red Bull and a Monster mixed together, and I did a little bit of cocaine in the bathroom and just go kill some demons. <laughs> All right. Unlike, promo code. Unlike Houston tested. Promo code. Uh, uh, ooh. Promo code cool. But with three right. three O's. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I'll go segundo here. So, uh, you know, it would be really easy for me to just have my non-sponsor as this gaming PC. Or the company that made it. That'd be really easy, you know, to do. I mean, I mean, side note, thank you for upgrading to something that makes us look beautiful now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a very, very advanced toaster that I got here. But I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go to uh, another video game. We're going to go to video game route once more here. I'm going to double dip. And it'll be the Jackbox Party Games. Because uh, probably the last two weeks now, I've been playing a ton of these. I've been streaming my other channel. Uh, you can see on the, on the, one of our labels there on the bottom. And they are just a fantastic rock. Rock is very good time. And it's so easy to play. You can just, anybody can play it. You just need to have some sort of device, either a computer, a phone, or a tablet, and you can join up in any game, any place in the world. If you see somebody streaming it, you can be part of the audience. Uh, it's on pretty much everything that you can think of. There's There it is, Steam, PS4, there's one on PS3, Xbox One, Switch, your iPads, your Amazon Fire TV, uh, your Androids. And there's six party packs now. I have party pack two and three and drawful two. And those have been, those are, those are just great. You have a really good time. One of our favorites that I play with my, uh, we played last weekend, uh, my sister over Mother's Day with my sister, uh, my brother-in-law and my dad. It was trivia murder party. Ah, uh, Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a fantastic one. That's it's uh, uh, just think Saw, but uh, you feel you kind of feel good about being uh trapped in uh, by this uh, insane guy. So uh, that's great. Uh, Bidiots is a good one too. TKO is also a fun one where you just make T-shirts. Uh, you make uh, funny drawings and funny slogans for it. Uh, and I always love to make funny slogans in TKO. Uh, I have a ton of them, like, uh, why'd you sleep with my dad? I mean, that right there is already the makings of a good t-shirt. You just need the image. <laughs> so that's the stuff that I come up with. So if anybody wants to play, I mean, you can head over to my other channel. If not, just go on Twitch. There's probably 4,000 people already streaming one of those games anyways. Promo code, 
Why'd you sleep with my dad? <laughs> uh, anybody else has the Sublime song stuck in their head now? Or is it just me? I think it's just you. <laughs> All right, um, so I'm actually going to keep with the video game theme here. Ooh. Um, my non-sponsor is something called Golf with Friends. Golf it is a with game friends. that Golf with Friends. Uh, you might be able to find it on other platforms, but I have it for Steam, which means my really. Eh, I'm not going to say anything bad about my, my computer. I love it. It's it's got me through a lot of work. Anyway, so it is a uh, first person or third person. It's it's a mini golf game. Um, you control it solely with your mouse and a couple of keys. And it's crazy. It's putt-putt, not mini-golf. So you've got mm-hmm. crazy, like, uh, Egyptian pyramids level. You've got Candyland, basically. I think they have a haunted mansion. They have a space station, I believe, is one of them. Uh, so there are tons of... And they have fun little extras that you can do. Uh you can have the ball bounce. You can you have little power ups you can do as well, where you can knock other players off the course. You can uh, speed up. You have jetpacks. It's it's complete madness, but it is so much fun. Uh, oh, and not to mention that there you have collision mode. So if you're playing with multiple people, you can just be a total jackass. And just as they're ready to line up for a perfect shot. You just command them out of the way and totally fuck everything up. Nice. Uh, and that's a lot of fun to do. And that I usually do that when I'm backed into a corner of, oh, I'm going to hole out and I'm going to... Because you either have to... You have a certain amount of time or number of strokes uh, in order to get the ball in. So usually when I'm down at like 10 out of 12, I'm like, ah, screw it. So I'll go and just blast someone out of the way just for fun. Um... That's about as mean as I get. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Golf with Friends, uh, highly recommend it. I think it's only Let's see, on Steam $15 here. on Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam here. Let me see if uh, I got a price here. Uh, it's $10 right now. That's $10. Okay, so $10. Yeah, you, can get the, you can get the game with the soundtrack for... Yeah, ten dollars and forty three cents. So there you go. Yeah, it's if you're looking for a way to, you know, have fun with friends, uh, but also potentially release some pent up anger or whatever, uh, that would definitely be a game I would recommend. Okay. Uh, so, so, golf with friends promo code. Uh, fuck things up. <laughs> All right. Well, that looks or I fun. guess it should be fuck shit up. Fuck shit up would be better. Oh, this is fun. Very family friendly promo code this week for me. All right. So all video games. So we've been stuck indoors for so long. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, let's see. Oh, the simulation in the background has ended for us. So let's, let's see. I don't know. I don't even know. I, I guess we'll have to look back on the on the episode. So 
uh, Andrew. Uh, okay, so who should we? Uh, man, let's take a look at these Amer- Arena Football League teams here. The Austin, the Austin Wranglers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Uh, the New Orleans Voodoo. Yep, that's a cool name. The Tampa Bay Storm. Now here's a fun little trivia for you. Mm-hmm. So, the Orlando Predators, who kind of still exist, uh, well, first off, the AFL uh, officially closed its doors this season. Wow. Uh, or was it last? It was recently. I think it was this season before everything broke out. So they were just done as it was. Um, they held on for a long time. I, if you want to like Carson the Oracle did, uh, consider this as a as another football league. Um, I guess you can consider it in competition with the NFL, although not really because it was a spring, a spring league, not a fall league. And arena football is very dissimilar to pro football, but I digress. Or to grass football? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so that disbanded. Uh, so for... It lasted like 30 years, though, so it was definitely extremely successful for what it was. Uh, for most of those that time, though, uh, Tampa Bay and Orlando were rivalry teams, naturally, because Orlando and Tampa, and they held the quasi-copyright to War on I-4 for most of that time, I oh. think since like the 90s. Um which is why, even though Orlando Media or Media was calling the UCF UF, uh, UCF USF rivalry the war on I four, uh, the schools couldn't affect. This is stuff that I've heard. I can't confirm it, but I trust who I heard this with heard this from. Uh, that that's why they couldn't officially use the term war on I four was because that was still hanging around. Um, but then when Tampa uh, bit the dust, that opened things up a little bit. Again, I'm not 100% sure how accurate that is, but it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. What other teams do we have here? So the Philadelphia Soul, the San Jose Sabercats. Oh, another fun fact. Oh. Uh, Philadelphia Soul. Guess where they own? Guess who they were owned by? Oh, um, Bon Jovi. Correct. Very I remember good. that because it was on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> who says it's not all connected, right? <laughs> I forgot what the episode was about. Hold on, I'm trying to remember. I think Frank was trying to like buy the Philadelphia Soul. But I forgot the reason why. Um, uh, I, I think or I think he was trying to buy the Philadelphia Soul, and then like Mac tried to pretend that he had cancer, and he had like the bald the bald cap on, but he forgot he didn't shave his eyebrows, so so he still so he still uh. It didn't fool the person at all, but I forgot the reason why they were there. Anyways, well, I'll figure it out someday. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the reason why. Uh, Chicago Rush, 
the Arizona Rattlers, the Grand Rapids Rampage, the Orlando Predators, of course, the Nashville Cats, with with the K, by the way, Cats with a K, the Las Vegas Gladiators, the Georgia Force, the New York Dragons. I think they played at the Nassau Coliseum, right? Maybe. Seems like a place they would play at. Uh, Columbus Destroyers, the Dallas Desperados, the Colorado Crush, the Kansas City Brigade. That's actually, that's a pretty cool logo. Uh, All right. The Utah Blaze, the Los Angeles Avengers, the Oklahoma City Yard Dogs, dogs spelled D-A-W-G-Z. So you can you can clearly tell this was the mid two thousands. Yes. Uh the Memphis Explorers, the Manchester Wolves, the South Georgia Wildcats, the Tennessee Valley Vipers, the Arkansas Twisters, the Tulsa Talons. Yes, my hometown talents. Oh, okay. Uh, the Birmingham Steel Dogs. Uh, the Quad City Steam Wheelers. I, I feel like I'm going to see like Cold Steel the Hedgehog at one point because it feels like <laughs> it feels like uh, like like some Sonic fanfic is about to pop up here with some of these logos. Um, Spokane Shock. Is it Spokane. Spokane or Spokane? Spokane. All right. Well, uh, the gosh, I guess the Wilkes Bar Scranton Pioneers, the Stockton Lightning, the the Macon Knights. Man, there, how many teams existed for this thing? Well, let me let me be let me they the AFL was so big at one point that they had their own minor league. They had AFL too. Yeah, um, maybe, I guess maybe I'm. It doesn't distinguish from one or the other here, but uh, that's that's how I know about the Talons is that they were the they were an AFL two team. Oh, okay. Uh, so I guess that's that's what's happening here. Uh, so I don't know if it was a true minor league where each team had an affiliate that would feed directly to them. Um, or it could have just been like its own minor league. I'm not 100% sure how that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Either way, um, there were a lot of there were a lot of teams um, yeah, that I'm played arena that. football. Well, we haven't run out. The Everett Hawks, the Florida Firecats. Where did they play at? Florida Firecats? Yeah. I've never heard of them, so. Huh. I wonder where they played at. Redaction. It was Pepper, not Sublime. I shame myself. You should shame yourself. I, I, I should. I I, uh, I I don't know why it just kind of came into that, but the song is Give It Up by Pepper. And then there's one part of the song where he goes, "Why you gotta sleep with my dad?" And you're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I've seen them live twice. They get a shout out. 
Give It Up and No Control, two good songs. All right, so Let's the see. Florida Firecats. Florida Firecats, they were an Estero. Oh, so where the Everblades play. Jermaine Arena, yep. What yeah. the hell is Oh, and I was Florida? and I was correct. The AF2 was the AFL's developmental league. Oh, okay. All right, so somehow they made it work, but the NFL chooses not to. All right. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard for – I mean, we can go back to this argument as to is it necessary to have a minor league when you have a whole system that's already creating, developing your players in the NCAA, and they're doing that for free. So, um, <laughs> well, at least free for the players uh, are concerned, you know. But anyways, that's a whole lot of good argument. You guys, if you want to go down the road, we can. But uh, the Louisville Fire – the Amarillo Dusters. God, this is just getting more ridiculous. The Rio Grande Valley Dorados. The Central Valley Coyotes. Oh, man. The Albany Conquest. It's Some of these... Okay. I'm, I'm not... I, I, none of these are historically accurate. Um, <laughs> um, the Green Bay Blizzard. The Bakersfield Blitz. Oh, now we're now we're really getting deep here. The, okay, the bossy, <laughs> my God, the Bossier Shreveport Battle Wings, dear Say Lord, five times fast. Oh my God. Uh, and and one team is locked away. I don't even know what that one team is. I, but there's a hit. There's an, a locked team there. So I don't know how you unlock them. I don't know who they are. They better be like. Like the acclaimed games is a team full of, of iguanas, because that would be fun <laughs> to see. Like I think there's like there's like a cheat code for that in like All Star Baseball for like 2000 or 2001 where you can just play a team of lizards. So I'm hoping that's something that they did here. But yeah, those are all of the teams in this game. So that's the Arena Football League. May it rest in peace. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so we're just going to pick some random teams here. Uh, the Central Valley Coyotes against the Quad City Steam Wheelers. Let's go. All right. Uh, all right. What other topics can we talk about, guys? I don't even have a minor league team ready for us, but here's the Arena Football League, so I guess that kind of counts. And we learned about the Florida Firecats a little bit, so there you go. It was a learning experience today. Uh, suggestions <laughs> where we can go from here? Uh, I can give you a player we remember for to get. Oh, really? I've, I've been kind of sitting on him for a while, but you know when we were going down the emulator. Sit on him no more. Sit on him no more. Sit on him no more, as we say. Said. I mean that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, let me just bring myself. him up here. So I, aside from Francisco's. Uh, lacking uh, of, of humor, Fire Rider. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a guy who kind of came in. So you remember the good old days of playing Madden or M NFL 2K of players that kind of came in, and when you went hardcore in a, a game of Madden or 50 on Dudes Online, that was me when I found out about online play. Mm. So I was like, oh, you, know, you go through some names. So I just said, okay, I just typed in like Madden, you know, NFL, whatever, and who they bring it up. And one of my friends uh, is a big Buffalo Bills fan, so 
the name kind of thrown around in conversation. So my player, you remember for to get, is Peerless Price. Uh, so just oh. straight from the wiki, straight from the wiki, kind of noticeable, you know, kind of notable, but then kind of nowhere, right? Um, played as college football at Tennessee, drafted by the Bills in the second round in 1999. Um, remember, you know, the Bills were always kind of struggling of finding the proper guy to support as their wide receiver crew when the great era of Jim Kelly and Andre, whatever his name is, kind of came. In fact, I'm not a Bills fan, so I can't speak to the masses of him like everybody else. I just know certain things. He played for Atlanta and for, I believe, Dallas as well. He's, what, 43 years of age. His career receptions, 403 receptions, 5,000 yards, 31 receiving touchdowns. He had what you just consider an average career year, but his highlight was in 2002 when um, he had over 1,200 yards receiving, and I think he had, what was it, nine touchdowns that year, and then everything else kind of went downhill. He had 800 uh, yards in Atlanta, then nothing, then nothing, and Dallas, you know, he only had like seven games he played, and he finished yeah. his career in Buffalo. I just remember playing him in Madden when I was the Bills. I think that was when it was like, Trent Edwards? I, no, it would be before Trent Edwards. So, God, you're making me really go back to other players that we remember yeah. forget. Oh, we can um, go down the rabbit hole it. of these Buffalo Bills teams. There's a bunch of them on those. I mean, Jesus, it's it's no bueno, you guys. It's no bueno. But um, there was just a lot of good potential on those early teams, and, and it just couldn't do anything. Like, they had Willis McGay. He has their running well, back. let's see. Um, so, 1999 was um, uh, the Music City Miracle, right? So yes. 2000, so the 2000 Buffalo Bills. So let's let's take a look at this. The Dolphins won their division, which is a what the hell? Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like how did that happen? Well, and that was the season after Dan Marino retired. So, uh, see the Bills finished eight and eight, and uh, let's see, Wade Phillips was the coach. That's always a favorite there, Wade Phillips. Uh, yeah, all right. So look at this team here. Yeah, just mediocre. From, I mean, from the, they went 2-0, then 2-1, 2-2, and 2-2, two and, two, two and then they just couldn't get out of being 500 that entire season. So I want to see their yeah. roster here. Look at their roster here. So Doug Flutie at QB. Uh, Peerless Price. Think, Eric Moles is on this team. I think this, this was the season. I think this was a season that propelled them to get um, Drew Bledsoe the following year as well because that's when Brady kind of came into his own, and they're like, all right, we just got to get some dudes in. So but that, thought... that right there is not a talented team for 2000. Yeah, so like – so two, uh, let's see. Let's go here. So passing, let's see. So no, uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe didn't come in in 2001. Because remember, it was he, 2002. Yeah. he got injured and then Brady came in. He became the backup for the rest of that season. But yeah, Alex yep. Van Pelt was the was the, was the QB there. He started eight games and Rob Johnson started eight Oof. games there. So that's who they split between the two. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good season for them. That's for sure. Because uh, look at that. Look at that ratio there. Oh, boy. There's a lot of players to forget right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex Van Pelt. He was 31 years old coming in there. Uh, look, look at their, their wide receiver core here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Reggie, Ger- Reggie Germany, Eric Moles, and Curtis Price. 
That wide receiver there. Uh, Travis Henry. Uh, Sammy Morris and Sean Bryson at running back. Yeah, and then by... Because McGahee came in later. Yeah. Because um, he was... In, I mean, uh, I think they... They had something going when it was Johnson. And in 2002 and... was with Drew Bledsoe came in. Yeah. He, they had something with Drew Bledsoe, Willis McGee, and then Peerless was kind of around. And I think they had Roscoe Parrish. I'm fucking, you know, excuse my friend, we're throwing names out here. I'm trying to remember on. Um, they had Takeo Spikes, I think, on their defensive end. Yeah, let's see. Defense. Uh, da, 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 da. Trying to go by alphabetical order here so I can see here. So Spikes was n not on this team just yet. And man, yeah, this is a, and this Bills team also finished eight and eight. So it's like they were right there, but it's like they just could never get out of being mediocre. Uh, that then they went six and ten, and then it was all downhill from there. So let's see here. Uh, da da da. Continuing on here. Sheesh. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys on this team. They went 6 and 10, 2004, they went 9 and 7, but still didn't make the playoffs. Mike Malarkey was the head coach. Uh Drew Bledsoe, uh JP Lossman was on that team. And then then Willis McKay, he came in there. 23 years old. Scored 13 touchdowns. 1,128 yards uh, that season. Yeah. So it, it, it seems like they they were finally getting out of it. They went 5-11 and 11 and 7-9, and 7-9, 7-9. Oh, my God, 6-10, and 4-12. And yeah, then, man, I thought the Dolphins suffered, but, man, 9-7. Seven and nine, nine and seven again. Yeah, this is this has been a, a wild ride, and then it finally got to ten and six uh, last season. So that nine and seven season. So yeah, all right. So that was an interesting take there, going down some old Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Kind of went down the rabbit hole slightly. Not so much on him. I don't, and I don't know what Peerless is doing now. I mean, the Wikipedia doesn't tell me, but yeah, I'm that's, sure he's that's kind of the trouble that things. I've had with the baseball broadcast. Uh, some of them, you get some nice stories, like oh, he's still in baseball, right? He's doing this, but some of them, it's like nothing. They've they've either laid low, or you don't want to know <laughs> what they're up to right now, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I mean, and some of the guys, it's like. The only notable entries, like their controversies, is like, oh man, do I want to go down this list? <laughs> Maybe. All right, let's see. How many times were they arrested? <laughs> or what did he say about this religious sect? I don't know. <laughs> let's find out. That's uh... people be crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Where do we go from here, guys? We're at an hour and thirty-four no minutes. I'm sorry for my lack of preparation, but it was all just to get this thing up and running today. 
It took me all day, honestly. It really did. Do we believe you? Should we believe you? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. We just accept what you tell us. Oh, oh yeah. No, it, it took well, forever. Well, I threw this out there yesterday in the group chat, and since we have some time to kill on getting loopy, let's get a little loopy on it. The, what was it, word association or the form of media that describes your team? Mm, I thought about this a lot. Uh, with regards to the Florida Panthers, for my team, I yes. would I would aiken to I would aiken the Florida Panthers to the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, and here's why they were aw- they were awesome in the '90s. It seemed like they could do no wrong. Then around the 2000s, uh, they hit a rough patch, a a really bad rough patch, and then they kind of went completely in the toilet, uh, which is I guess our Sonic 06 in a way. Uh, had a nice surprise in 2012, which I guess would be like Sonic Colors, Sonic Generations. It's like, oh, okay, let's let's see. And then 2016, it's like, oh, all all right, they 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 have a fantastic team. It's all going great. That's like our Sonic Mania. It was like, man, the Panthers are back, everybody. It's just like the 90s all over again. And then. They completely go into analytics, trade away a lot of players that people feel that should have stayed on the team, kind of moved away from whatever identity they were trying to establish, uh, thought their younger players were ready, and and have uh, not lived up to the expectations that everybody has had for them, despite the talent and the f- knowing what the winning formula is. So I would say that's our sonic forces. <laughs> it's like, all right. We could stomach it. It's not that awful. But, man, you know, it, it's so disappointing at the, at the very end anyways. So, yeah, the Florida and Panthers I, are the Sonic the Hedgehog of hockey. Oof. And I liked Sonic Forces, too, ironically. Well, it's... The, I, I, like, Sonic Forces isn't bad. The Panthers aren't a bad team right now. They're just not good. And that's what I would call Sonic Forces. It's not a bad. You game. would have to basically pirate it to enjoy it. Yeah, like it's 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 okay for two or three hours. It's like okay, I did that, but it's like, man, what could have been had they spent a little more time, were a little more patient, did things a little better, had made better decisions? I have no idea. So yeah. yeah Garth yeah, yeah. Ustvin, I think I pronounced that right. I thought, okay, uh, we can call him Garth Brooks if we want to. I, I could want to. That's a, this Charles is a musically Olsen. themed episode at the same time. So, all right. So, although actually, that reminds me, um, I had, I came up with a name for a for hard to pronounce, uh, and I'm still mm. trying to I'm trying to fill out that list because well for one I think you would know how to pronounce it Francisco and then I just have the one how are you doing Garth we're doing well and yourself so uh, I guess one of them would be I guess a Hispanic player of some sort so maybe that's how I would know but alright you get that I need to make a graphic for that too Uh, so I will get to that at some point as well all right, Charles, do you have a team 
that you would ache into a form of media? Yeah, yeah, and for me, I'll go on with the... Um, it's kind of weird because I'm kind of shooting from the hip, but I think when these kind of segments that have us go down the rabbit hole, hmm. um, it's better to kind of do it with a team that you didn't plan for versus the team that you did plan for. Because originally I was going to say the Titans and just call it like Waking the Dead, um, which I think was a move year to Billy Crudup and Jennifer Conley just because of the title. But, you know, if we're going to the Yankees, um, everybody always calls us the evil empire. And you know, reference the Star Wars, but that's too marketable. It's kind oh, of man, weird. You are good. It was. It, it is with Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, I, I looked it up the other day, and then I found out they made a BBC show called Waking the Dead that's yeah. about cold cases. And now I kind of want to watch that. So it's like, damn you, my own imagination for kind of coming into it. But I, I'm trying to think. You know, if I'm thinking of the Yankees, it's it's kind of weird to explain. But when you say it out loud, it kind of makes sense in your head. When you're justifying it it's kind of like a game of solitaire because the, you know where the pieces are set up and you know what the goal is, is to put it back into one spot and uh, you want to go into it and it's addictive because it's... hello Charles are you there hold on guys hold on a bit of a uh, technical difficulty here it's sports goose. That's what always happens here. So, um, I got to figure this out. One second. One second. Let's see if I can figure this out. I can't hear you guys whatsoever. So, whatever you guys are saying, uh, yeah. And I, you guys can hear me too. So, uh, that's what's happening right now. Oh, oh, this is great. This is great that this is happening right now because. <laughs> Oh boy, this is great. So, I, I can't hear you guys at all. You might be hearing me, and everybody else might be hearing me, but yeah. One second. Let's see if this works out for me. Advanced sound options. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Let's see. Boys, can you hear me? Ah, all right, hold on. Let's uh, make another change here. All on the two yard line. All right, guys, can you hear me? Hello? How about now? All right, so I can't hear anybody. They can't hear me. So I might just have to call it from here. Uh, thank everybody for watching Sports Scoops. Uh, I'm just going to have to call it. I can't get the sound working. So we're calling it. I'm, I'm out. We're done. <laughs> Into the cage here. I got the sound back, so I want this to be heard. Because I'm or Andrew's already laughing here. We need that natural reaction. <laughs> but uh, so you said that Becky Lynch 
got right. pregnant. Well, well let, let's <laughs> if we're in the cage, we gotta do disclaimers. So welcome everybody to your no hold barred edition of the cage with Charles. The reason why it's no hold barred is because we thought the game was over for the day, and they were like, wait a second, stipulation, just like money in the bank, you cash in your contract, you cash in everything you got. Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake, it is scripted, it is a dance, it is poetry in motion about men and women chasing titles, chasing guaranteed contracts, blood feuds, and a little sense of reality and the beauty of motherhood and fatherhood <laughs> and everything that comes into it because life is about creation when we destroy we create and we'll create we destroy and we get background noise as well um so <laughs> the reason why we're bringing this out is because money in the bank was this weekend it was great you know for all intents and purposes i had fun with it they filmed the ladder match as the cinematic kind of feel that they did with undertaker and aj so this was another one of those cinema matches that come in Otis won for the men's. We'll talk about that on a different day because we're going on the real part that matters. Asuka won the briefcase in um, the women's. I'm like, oh, that's great. Asuka's my favorite women's wrestler. She's fantastic. She's a worker. She's been kind of pushed into this empty arena. And then the next day, Monday, there's like a little thing on the Twitter feed. Oh, Becky Lynch, your current Raw Women's Champion, is going to make a startling announcement. And I'm like, Vince, is this a swerve? And then as Andrew said <laughs> off the air, he says... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Explain to me what a swerve is. So basically, it's just coming out of nowhere just to reel you and get you attached in and then something completely different. Mm. Like Otis winning the Money in the Bank is like a swerve or it's like, psych! You thought I was going to do that, but not. That's kind of what like a swerve kind of is. Um, so the thoughts kind of came in. So people are like, she's injured or they're going to just do a story because she had the belt for almost 400 days and she's going to pull this whole thing where she's like going to vacate it and go over to SmackDown and be Bailey and do all this other stuff. Or then she's like pregnant. And I'm like, well, no, right? Because I'm almost certain Vince has you sell your soul that and your reproductive parts, right? It just feels like a Vince McMahon <laughs> thing to do that if you want to be famous. And the thing is, Becky has, for all intents and purposes, been the face of the company with the concept of the man since she became the man, you know, winning the women's championship numerous times for Raw and SmackDown, main events at WrestleMania, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair had not lost clean for almost 400 days. The last person to do that was Asuka, who so happened to win the Money in the Bank contract. So I thought she was just burnt out. I knew she was kind of going with her career. She appeared on an episode of Billionaires or Billions, that show on Showtime I don't watch because Showtime show qualities aren't really that good. I, Dexter broke my heart. What can I say? Uh, and then, but I'm thinking about, like, man, she hasn't really wrestled since um, WrestleMania when she beat Shayna. I'm like, what if she's pregnant? She's engaged to Seth Rollins. And then, like, the leaks where I was like, oh, she's pregnant. And I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. Vince McMahon does a lot of stuff. Vince McMahon faked his own death. You know, like, <laughs> there's things that he has done that I'm just like, nah, and Andrew said it greatly. He's like, oh, what if it's a swerve? What if what if he's just paying for the baby? When you said the paying for the baby. That's what I was thinking. What? I'm like, are they going to kill a baby? Are they going to have a miscarriage? Like, are they going to go that far? Or? Or, or Andrew's just like, what if it's not really like a baby baby? And I'm like, I, I felt so proud. It's like seeing a baby, you know, make it's our first steps. And then Becky gets out there and she's like, lean on. And then Asuka comes out and because she has Asuka's briefcase and then she proceeds to tell the world, Hey, the briefcase wasn't for the contract to cash in it's for the title. And then Asuka as great as she is just jubilant. Cause I don't think she knew the report said she knew she was just dancing around cause she's a professional. And so she's dancing around. She comes back in and the Becky is like, Oh, you know, you enjoy being a warrior. I'm gonna go home and be a mother. And then uh... Asuka, <sighs> And, and then so, like, I got to tell you, you know, 
I welled up in the eyes a little bit. Not so much for Becky, who on my tier of best women wrestlers currently is on like the third on the list. It's kind of like that, you know, wrestling is a connector of feelings and emotions. And, you know, it's a soap opera. It's it's a competitive streak. It's rehearsed, whatever you want to call it. But also, you know, you empathize because you support somebody. You buy their merchandise. You do stuff like that. I mean, I don't have a Becky Lynch shirt, but I always supported her and her endeavors because I felt that she was always all overshadowed by Charlotte Flair. But it was Asuka kind of breaking character because Asuka, who didn't know what was going on, just goes, Mother? And then she's like, oh my god! And she's like, congratulations! And then she tries to go back to being like this evil heel <laughs> character. And she's like, yeah! Becky! Becky! And she's like dancing around. And I'm just like, oh, well, this kills two things. It's like, one... Um, Asuka cannot be a heel now because she had a... Because Asuka's like shouting and everything. So and she that goes, was like a genuine moment of like out of character. Like she wasn't in character there. She was yeah. just like, oh, wow, Will, congratulations. I'm yeah, so happy and, for you. And, and you catch her as she's shouting like, I'm so happy for you kind of thing. And you're like, oh, man. So I felt that. So now you just made somebody who was a heel into a face and all perfect for Asuka to be uh, a champion. It was right? like watching Bill Belichick have a dog. It, it is exactly that. It is exactly oh, do you know that. What's, do you know what's even worse? Um, what's even worse is that I unearthed a little, I don't want to call it documentary, but it was a video of, uh, and this was done before the draft, of Belichick and his, I think, girlfriend, they said? Um uh, and the dog introducing the dog. It was like a whole five minute thing just on the dog, and I'm like, oh Bill my gets god, it. Bill gets it. I can't it. take it. This is no. You, you can't humanize this man. Oh, it's well, not allowed. He does have well, a soul. Well, he just hides it so much. You know who doesn't have a soul? Vince McMahon. Because you know Vince was basically crying when he heard that news, but it was very heartfelt. Becky's walking out. The camera goes to her, and she's like oh, you know, I'll miss you guys to, so like, the fans. And one of the rules in Vince's wrestling world is you don't look at the camera, you don't direct the fans for whatever reason. So there's people, like, backstage. And I got to tell you guys, Twitter is savage as F because it was kind of funny because the, the, the father is Seth Rollins, right? That's her fiancé. Seth had a reputation of being, like, a guy who puts people on the shelf because he ended Sting's career. He put Finn Balor on you know, the shelf of a separated shoulder at their SummerSlam match. So Twitter's just like, oh, good job, Seth. No one could put an end to Becky or end Becky's career except for you. Oh, you put her on the shelf. And it was great. And I got to tell you, Seth Rollins, aside from having a fantastic match at Money in the Bank with Drew McIntyre to put Drew over, was he played the whole like shocked father thing like perfectly. His hair looked like it hadn't been conditioned for days. He was despondent. Raymond is going to him and he's just like hey man um you know congratulations be father's day he's not even acknowledging him. they had a match a tag team match and it was like 12 minutes long 15 minutes long 13 minutes and 45 seconds of it is just seth on the ropes staring off into oblivion he looked how i felt when i took the bar exam when you came out of it and you're just like you're like you don't know what happened you're like my life just changed and i don't know what you know, it, it, it is not basically – it is not one of those romantic songs about being a happy father. He, It's not like Creed with arms wide open if you want to go on a callback right or, there. Uh, well, let's go way Scott back there. When, uh, I Love Lucy when she revealed to Ricky that they were going to have a baby, you know. It wasn't oh, like yeah. that. I mean, that's yeah. going way back now, but still. Oh, yeah. You know, Seth was just, like, shocked. And so his tag team partner was like, come on, Seth, tag me in. And then what happened was, like, 
Rey Mysterio hits Seth, and Seth just like snaps and loses it, and just beats oh. the hell out of Rey, and it, to the point where he's like he was trying to push his eye through the steel steps in the barricade, and then it was just hilarious because Twitter just compounds it. But in the backstage at the match, because they get disqualified, lose. Alistair Black's like, "What the hell, man?" And Seth's like, "I don't know what came over me. I'm sorry, that wasn't me, man." And I was just like, "My God, the comedy!" Because sometimes comedy is really what helps accentuate the benefits of wrestling to make you really uh, uh, you know appreciate it so Seth was just fantastic and then the Twitter was just great and then someone was savage and I'm just going to say it now Charlotte Flair is a fantastic wrestler I feel she has been over exhausted in her character but someone on Twitter because she's engaged Andrade so someone on Twitter just goes and says alright now if Andrade can just take the L and then bring a baby out of the way we can get new women wrestling and I was just like dead on the floor oh I'm like my. guys some of the stuff and then Shayna Baszler who had heat with Becky Lynch, not not real life, but just, you know, it was the few that they had, was just good because they let her be a true heel where she was saying, so what about being motherhood? You got knocked up as the height of your championship. Congratulations for a parasite. I'm like, damn, girl. I'm like, I felt it. I'm like, that's how you get that heat over. I'm like, you know what? And she's like, and she says something so great. She's like, that baby's going to be a loser. Have you met, have you seen who her father is? I'm like, damn, piping hot. The tea <laughs> was good. The tea was hot, man, because you got to want to make people insult it. And the thing is, Shayna Baszler, MVP, real MVP, right, of wrestling over this last weekend is Shayna Baszler. Not only does she pull out some zinger she's the queen of spades well Shayna, i'm from now calling you the queen of shade because you were throwing that shade at becky lynch you were throwing that shade at seth rollins you threw that like shade at natalia because natalia and her match before was just like how dare you insert the glorious thing of motherhood mind you guys this is a day after mother's day right Shayna goes and says how are you gonna tell me about motherhood when everybody knows that the heart dynasty dies with you because Natalia doesn't have a kid. She's married to TJ Wilson. She's part of Heart Dynasty. I was like, ooh, girl, you're the queen of shade. I was feeling it. <laughs> Not only did she become like my new hero of smack talk because I love that stuff. She choked out Rey Mysterio at Muddy in the Bank. I think I sent you guys that photo because yes. I love Rey Mysterio for what he did in the past. I'm not crazy about Rey Mysterio in my TV spotlight now because it's time for the new people. So there's a point in the elevators or in the hallway where she, the men and the women interacted, and she choked out Rey. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like she just, and she choked about like it was legitimate. I'm like, I'm like, she sold it. She's my hero, Shayna Baszler. You the real MVP, my queen of shade. I love it so much. And then, you know, we'll talk more about Money in the Bank results differently because I, I was just such a bigger thing that came into it because it, it's – Becky's not going to be back, guys, for a while. I think I, me and my friend were talking about it. I think this is, like, legitimately the end for at least two, three years because, you know, she's going to want to take care of the kids. She vacated her title. It's not just nine months and then, baby, you come back to work. It's rearing a child. It's getting back into wrestling shape. And, you know, Seth Rollins – one of them's going to be back on the road, so do you want to have a road baby where it's you, your kid, and your husband, and then maybe a dog on the road all the time? <laughs> nah. So it, it says something, and it's one of those few times where if this is the end of her career, at least she goes off you know, with a very strong ending. And so congratulations to her for her listening to the Little Sports Scoop podcast. You can always join us since you're going to be at home with motherhood. Come join us. We'd love to hear about your interactions. Congrats to Seth Rollins for now elevating you know, your character from being the Monday Night Messiah, which I was a fan of, to now just the Manson murderer. Um, range. He literally looks like Charles Manson, so uh, I'll send you guys a Twitter feed on that. And then Good luck, Vince, trying to make new stars now. How about you push Asuka a little bit? You know, not have her lose the title on some BS stuff. And also congratulations to Shayna Baszler, my queen of shade, for not just choking out Rey Mysterio, but spitting that hard truth that sometimes 
Motherhood ain't that great, right? Good mm. job, guys. And oh, that that's man. my special, special no holds bar edition of the cage. Oh boy. That was great. See, <laughs> I that's I we needed to do that. We need to do that separately. And uh our Andrew, can you please lead us in our real MVP? Because we, we that that's also missing from, from all this. Yeah. Uh, as always, our our real MVP of the week is the heroes that are on the front line of the CV response. That's our our first responders, uh, police and fire, uh, hospital workers, doctors, nurses, people working in restaurants. And uh, I, I know I keep. Yes. I I know I keep saying you know and all like at all etc. Uh, that really doesn't do it justice because there are just so many tens of thousands of people that are putting themselves at risk uh, to keep things going and yeah. you know one little me uh, can't thank everyone individually or even just the the groups of people but everyone out there who is out there on a daily basis, you know, helping things run. We thank you. That's great. Thank you. Um, I don't have any individuals to, to pop up here, but, uh, I guess we'll end it officially. Now we'll end this episode officially. All right. Alrighty. Uh, technical difficulties abounded, but I think for the most part, it went as well as it could have being this new this new computer and everything it it hasn't exploded compared to the other one it has That's a good start yeah it has ran this sign. game here we're at the 1080p 60 frames we haven't lost any frames because i have the little marker on the bottom right that says drop frames it is at a steady zero which has i don't think ever happened for us so that is great and thank you guys for for joining me for this one and and hopefully tomorrow things will be a lot smoother because Andrew and I are going to be calling a college baseball game or two. And that's going to be really interesting. Actually, I'm really, really looking forward to it, to be honest. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. All right. So that's all we got. So tune tune in for that tomorrow. I would assume. I don't know what time. We're, we'll, we'll figure out a time. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, seven or eight. Who knows? It'll be there. I'm done. Bye. Right, good night, everyone. Thank you, Shayna, for choking out Ray. <laughs> okay. Kinky. All right. The fastball's incomplete. Number six, the intended receiver on the play. Fourth and six. <laughs> <laughs>